Program Director's Report, read by Nia Dwinwin Thomas. In November, the shape of my role in NEYM shifted somewhat as I moved from serving as Quaker Practice and Leadership Facilitator into the new position of Program Director to better support and integrate our ongoing program work, the heart of which is spiritual formation through Quaker Practice. Whether the focus is on strengthening local meetings, developing servant leadership, encouraging spirit-led action, or nurturing youth, all our programs are about how we each can come together to live lives that reflect the light and love of God more fully. Much as my energy is spent not just on the content and quality of specific programmatic opportunities, but also on strengthening the web, paying attention to the connections between things, between groups, Quaker organizations, and individuals striving towards overlapping goals, between events, the journeys of individual participants or facilitators, and the local meetings we serve, between different parts of the yearly meeting. In all my work, I strive to hold the following big-picture questions, which are an anchor to me in this service, and draw from our yearly meeting's discernment about its overall purpose and priorities. How is our approach to program in alignment with the yearly meeting's overall work of fostering a thriving, multi-generational Quaker movement in New England, and our particular focus on strengthening local meetings? How can we design programs to feed not only the individuals that participate, but to feed their worship community as well? How are we leaving space to listen for and respond to movements of the Spirit in our programmatic endeavors? How are we stewarding our limited resources of time, attention, and money in a way that honors and responds to the varying needs of friends and friends' meetings? Looking back on the last year, there is so much to be grateful for. Indeed, in pausing to dwell in my appreciation, I find I can't resist blowing past the suggested word limit for this report. Here is a significantly abridged list of things from the last year that I give thanks for and hope friends are aware of. Continued, consistent participation from friends serving in leadership roles in so many of our meetings, in our monthly check-in calls for meeting leaders, an opportunity not only to share resources but more importantly, to enliven the network of mutual support between meetings. In parentheses, email nia at nym.org if you are serving your meeting and aren't on the email list for these calls but would like to be. Workshops throughout the year that focus on particular areas of service to one's meeting, such as clerking, nominating, and financial stewardship, not only as a space for sharing best practices, but to foster meaningful dialogue about the challenges and possibilities alive in our meetings now and to facilitate peer circles among roles in similar roles across the yearly meeting. A fully enrolled multi-generational cohort completing the most recent offering of the nine-month Nurturing Faithfulness Program. This high-commitment, deep-end offering was made possible by core teachers Marcel Martin and Hilary Bergen, a wonderful group of teachers, elders, and associates meaning former students who serve as mentors and teaching assistants, partnership with Woolman Hill and Beacon Hill Friends House, as well as to 
financial and staff support from NEYM. As one participant explains the power of such a program, quote, I know my spiritual development over the course of these nine months will take me places that I cannot now imagine, end quote. A particularly rich midwinter retreat held at Woman Hill for young adults on gifts, leadings, and vocational discernment coordinated with my direct support by Eva Whitaker and attracting not only young adults who have grown up Quaker, but also a delightfully surprising number of participants exploring Quakerism for the first time as young adults. As one participant shared, I came away from my first YAF retreat feeling more connected with and inspired by Quakerism. I realized I need to slow down and prioritize my spiritual development and healing. Continued growth among the youth ministry staff and volunteers intending to points of integration with local meetings, with families, and with in-between age groups to our growing edges, and to offering weekend retreats for youth amid staffing transitions. The joy of the first Living Faith Gathering in four years held at Friends School of Portland this April, an opportunity for us all to grow multi-generational relationships through shared worship, fellowship, and spiritual nurture. The first year of our partnership with New York Yearly Meeting and expanding the aging Resources, Consultation, and Help, ARCH, Ministry to New England Friends. Under the leadership of our ARCH coordinator, Patty Muldoon, and thanks to funding from the Friends Foundation for the Aging. This June, our first Meeting for Listening, an opportunity for friends to reflect on the life in local meetings and prayerfully consider how the yearly meetings, programmatic priorities, and activities might faithfully support the spiritual life of meetings in the coming year. See the program cycle graphic for a visual overview of plans for the 2023-2024 program year. Receiving encouragement as I began my very part-time graduate studies in program evaluation through online courses at Michigan State University. Everything listed above has gotten where it is due to shared, slow, sustained attention over long periods of time. Much work in the yearly meeting is like raising a child. You almost never see the growth day to day, but when you look back at what was one, two, or three years ago, it is incredible what our daily diligence can help to bring about. Yet, with so much to celebrate, It would be a lie of omission to write a report only celebrating what's been accomplished and where there are signs of growth and even thriving, without also plainly acknowledging where we are facing significant challenges and often find ourselves disappointed, overwhelmed, and stuck. Our wider world is in a liminal season, and so is the Religious Society of Friends. Navigating rapidly changing terrain and a demographically and culturally historic generational transition, it is remarkably unclear what the next 50 years will look like for our world and for our faith communities. Tending to collective efforts while living in these in-between times can be confusing. What's going on? Scary. Will we be okay? Frustrating. Are we there yet? And exhausting. When will it be easy again? 
More than anything, I see friends asking many who are we now questions. Who are we now that many of our seekers and newcomers have never been a member of the faith community before? Who are we now that sessions costs are rising and fewer of us can volunteer? Who are we now that some of our meetings and many of our youth retreats are smaller? Who are we now that meeting for business no longer requires physical gathering? Who are we now that we've lost beloved and weighty friends? Surrounded by these uncomfortable questions and the immediate anxious reaction they can elicit, I can find myself tempted to leap into something, anything, that looks as though it may yield quick results, to blame others when things don't come together as easily as I wish it they would, and to act as though capacity limitations, such as my own need for rest, aren't real. Serving in an atmosphere saturated with grief and uncertainty requires moving at a slow but intentional pace. Grounding myself in prayer before each meeting can't be viewed as an added bonus to strive for when it's convenient, but rather as an essential discipline. Taking space after each meeting for forgiveness and release of expectations threatening to turn into resentments is likewise as core to my service as anything I manage to get done. Beyond reminding myself to move with steady care, even when my to-do list and my inbox are overflowing, I have also been prioritizing cultivating capacity, clearing space, for the efforts most central to the yearly meeting's purpose, making way for new life by being discerning in how to steward my time and attention. I must regularly pause to ground myself in these intentions and the wisdom of friends' discernment. As I reach the end, of this much longer than advised report, I'd like to leave you with a few affirmations of my ser- that my service has left me with this year. When staring at the yearning gap, first be grateful. A footnote that my term for um, the gap between where we are and where we yearn to be. That's what the yearning gap is. Next. There is no yes to God's invitation too small to celebrate. Programming is not the purpose of the Quaker faith or the yearly meeting. Programming is one way we attend to the possibility of our faith and the purpose of the yearly meeting. If you feel exhausted, ask if you might be lonely. Connect with others tending to the same challenges. Hint, if you are serving your local meeting, you can email me at nia at nym.org to receive invitations to calls with other meeting leaders. You could also consider attending Meeting Care Day this November. If we can't do it and be present to the movement of the Spirit, we are moving too fast or taking on too much. New times mean we will need to try new things. We must remember that not everything we try will be successful. We need to learn to fail well with each other. Don't ever let the heartache and the challenge steal your ability to be with presence, to encounter the unending reality of that joy. With humility and hope, 
Nia Dwinwin Thomas.